Welcome to the podcast about two good friends sharing stories to surprise and delight each other. I'm Courtney Farrell. And I'm Mason New. And this is I Got One For You. Welcome back to I Got One For You. I'm Courtney Farrell. And this is Mason New. And this is a podcast that is an excuse to have a conversation with a good friend. Mason and I try to surprise and delight each other every week. Try and think about some things, laugh about some things, maybe cry about some things, but definitely feel excited about this world that we're all creating together. So, Mason, I can see that you have today a guitar in your lap. What a is guitar. going on? <laughs> a guitar. Well, um, this, is a, this is a first for me. So, in my effort to surprise and delight, I'm actually going to play and sing a song for you and for the listeners. And there's no auto-tuning here, so I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Come on, Willard. Come, <laughs> Come on, on Willard. play. I'm um, excited. I'm excited. All right, but this song, this song is, um, it's not mine. I didn't write it. And it's been played by a bunch of different people. And it's called uh, What Made Milwaukee Famous. <laughs> have you okay. heard this song I before? have not heard this okay. song. So here we go. It's late and she's waiting I know I should go home Every time I start to leave Play another song Someone buys another round Never drinks so free Made Milwaukee famous Made a fool out of me Babies begged me not to go so many times before. She said love and happiness don't live behind them swinging doors. Now she's gone, I'm to blame the lay I find the scene. Made Milwaukee famous, made a fool out of me. Babies begged me not to go so many times before. She said love and happiness don't live behind them swinging doors. Now she's gone. I'm to blame the lay find the scene. Made Milwaukee famous. Made a fool out of me. Made Milwaukee famous. Made a fool. Mason, <laughs> holy mackerel, man! I I've known you for a long time, but, but you are you have improved on the on the guitar. How did you do this? The last time I saw you with the guitar, you were you were just sort of picking two notes here and two notes there in a chord. What it, what just happened? Well. I, I tell you, you know, um, I bought this guitar, I don't even know, probably six or seven years ago when somebody asked me, like, 
um, it was one of my students, Mr. New, um, what what hobbies do you have? And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> Children? Is <laughs> I, that a I hobby? Wor- I work and I take care of my kids. I don't have any hobbies. And then I thought that that was a crazy thing. So I, I went out and bought this guitar and I, I would pl- I would sort of dabble in it like you were talking about and just pick a note here or there. But um, um, but when COVID hit, I was like, I'm going to play this thing every day. So this is I've just taught myself in the last year. Come uh, on. So anyway, um, but I, I I picked that song and I sort of botched the end of it, but that's okay. Um, I I picked that song um because it's a it's sort of a classic tune, right? Like what made Milwaukee famous made a fool out of me, <laughs> and um. <laughs> And, you know, and the, just the sort of idea of the guy just sort of getting out over his skis a little bit too much, you know, in the bar <laughs> with all of his pals. Um, so it reminded me of this story that is a, sort of a legendary story in our family. And uh, so my grandparents, my father's parents, they, um, they, they, they grew up, you know, in a pretty, like, hard existence and they didn't go to school past eighth grade and you know they just and my grandfather became successful in business but you know he had he had to claw his way through that and um so when he got to the point where life was good um he was able to take vacations and my grandparents um in like the 1920s dated for 10 years before they got married wow really yeah so it was like um they were i think 30 which is extremely unusual then um anyhow so the story goes that they went down on a vacation to florida i believe because that's where they like to go and i don't i guess my dad was born and i don't know if they left him at home with a um, a family member or something like that. But anyway, so um, my grandmother was not a teetotaler, but she she really sort of looked down on drinking, and she was a very religious person. And my grandfather was, um, he, uh, as they said, liked to ease on down the road for a taste <laughs> <laughs> every now and again. <laughs> and um, so anyway, so they're, they're uh He's down in Florida, and he he meets these guys, and and they start playing cards, Uh-oh. and and he's having a little whiskey, and my grandmother was there with him, and just I guess watching, and so he, he has a little bit more whiskey, a little bit. Of course, they don't make whiskey in Milwaukee, I don't think, but you get the sort of That's gist right. of it. That's right. Anyway, so. The night goes on and on and on, and my grandmother gets less and less interested. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Mason, it's time to go. (laughs) And he didn't want to go. So she apparently got pretty upset about it and was like, it's time to leave, and he wouldn't leave. So she left, and she goes back to the hotel room. And a couple hours later, and I don't know how many a couple hours it was, (laughs) There's a knock on the door. Yeah, yeah, knock on the door. My grandmother gets up, opens it, and it, and it's my grandfather. And he goes, hey, Ethel, can I borrow $100? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Wouldn't you love to have been there for the answer? <laughs> oh yeah, I totally, totally. Oh, it's but so they were, funny. they were, they were, they were a very loving couple, and you know that sort of that story is just like how they did a lot of things. And so anyway, when I was playing this song, and I was sort of, th- and of course the song is very different than the story that I just told. It's really but, close enough. But <laughs> <laughs> Your granddaddy made something famous. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he made a $100 request famous. <laughs> That's so funny. So uh, we're sitting here listening to you play, and I have to tell you that half of the song I was listening, and half the song I was thinking how lucky I am to be sitting right here. Just it's oh, just you. so no really it's um you just when else you know if let's just imagine you and I didn't do this podcast and we got to see each other when we're dropping the kids off or right. just on a regular day to day basis I don't I don't think you'd be like hey Courtney stop right here I got a song I want to sing to you <laughs> and the story I want to tell you real quick in mm-hmm. carpool line it's not yeah. gonna happen yeah fair you know, enough so sure. just. Thank you again, because being intentional about sitting down with someone and and sharing something that actually matters to you with them and being able to share family stories and being Mm -hmm. able to share things that have happened to you in the past and things that you want to have happen to you in the future. I think it's an important aspect of life. And I don't I know I don't do it enough and I try. And I think in general, we as a society kind of like we we want it. Authentic conversation. And I don't know that we always get it you did remind me though i i got one for you because you reminded me <laughs> speaking of nothing here we go for a sec so i was thinking about songs and the and the power of songs and mm-hmm. how much one song can set your mood one song can change so much about how you feel in a moment i mean for me a very powerful song for me is is the star spangled banner when i'm at a baseball game and I, yep. it plays i get I get chills. I don't. I maybe I've been taught to have chills. Whatever it is, mm-hmm. I get chills when I hear it. I love that part where we all stand up and do something together. Mm-hmm. And I, agree. Um, I don't know if you've ever surfed the internet and seen the video of Mo Cheeks, Maurice Cheeks, who was a pretty uh, famous basketball player, played for the Seventy Sixers, and he was, went on to be an amazing coach. I know he coached a bunch of different teams. Seventy Sixers is one of them. But at this one particular game, this thirteen-year-old girl. She's won a contest to be able to sing the national anthem got at it. this NBA game. I have not seen this video. Okay, you got so. you, you have to look it up. Okay. So this darling girl walks out. You can tell she's gotten all done up for the moment. Her right. hair probably has more hairspray than she's seen in her mm-hmm. lifetime. She has this black and white fancy dress on. She comes out, she starts to sing, and she's shaking a little bit the way Course, people do yeah. when they're in that scenario. And she gets about 30 seconds into the thing, and like us all, she gets the words sort of mixed up a little bit, mm-hmm. which when you're singing with a 1,000 people isn't that big of a deal. Right. But when it's just you, it's acutely a problem. <laughs> and um, then it got her confused, and you know, the audience does what the audience does, which is they're, they make noise. I mean, it kind, of, it kind of like when someone drops a tray in a cafeteria, everyone's like, oh! oh you know, yeah. So that's starting right. to happen. Mo Cheeks, the coach of one of the mm-hmm. teams, stands up, walks over to her, and goes, come on, come on, come on, puts his arm around her and starts oh, to wow. sing. He has no voice for singing. He says, mm-hmm. and the rockets, red glare, come mm-hmm. on, we can do it. Mm-hmm. And is bursting in air. Mm-hmm. And she then starts to sing again, and he stays with her the whole time because she's completely flustered. And it was the most incredible oh, wow. 
display of oh, what we can do for each other as people. You know, like compassion. When, like in action, compassion. Yeah, like compassion. Oh, that's a great action, term. Yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. you're not sitting there thinking, "What could I do right now yeah. after this? I'm going to write this girl a letter and tell her how great she is." Yeah, or, right. I'm going to give her a hug. Just go in the moment. You're going to look just as much of a fool as she does because you don't know the words either, or maybe you do, but you can't mm-hmm. hold a note, right? And mm-hmm. stand there. And what was so cool about it is I read a couple interviews with him afterwards, and all of his friends were like, you know, Mo, I can't believe you did that. I've known you for a long time. I can't believe you did. He said, I can't either. I don't, I didn't really think about it. It just felt like that girl needs someone to stand next to her. What an amazing story. What an amazing story. He said, I don't know if I'd do it. Like, if that situation came again, I don't know with thought if I would do it again, but it, it definitely just had this feeling and movement to go stand next to someone. It's just, don't you hope when that's the scenario that you're the guy who can go yes. stand next to somebody? Yes. Yes. I hope so, but I also, you just never know. You just you never, know. never know. You just don't want to be the guy who's so like, woo, you know? Gosh, come on. Let me be the guy that stands there. Yeah, Court, you're right. I mean, songs have incredible power. Um, in my life, I had this great blessing of growing in a home that had music all the time. I can remember coming over just, years ago to your mom's house mm-hmm. and there was a drum set in the living room that's right like, just like there it is it's the sofa the two chairs the coffee table and the drum set, uh, the drum set. <laughs> only i wasn't sure who actually played drums and i well, think i think it's no one and everyone right well that that was fun because you know we we could make a joke out of it you know some of the kids would come over and be like, oh, "Well, you know, oh, you want to have a want to have dinner with us? Well, you got you got got to play the drum set." <laughs> um, no, but that drum set was my father's. Um, he played it every day uh, after work. My sister is a fabulous musician, as you probably remember. Um, she cellist, played, right? Yep, she was a cellist. She played violin and cello. She plays guitar, fiddle now. Um, and also my brother, who was my older brother, who was nine years older than I was, he really taught me a lot about music. And I had this great blessing from him. He played the great music of the 60s and 70s. Well, he was born the nine years before. So we, we, we He was born in 1964. Which is perfect. Yeah. Because we were born, what, 73, 74? We came to music when it was like, hey, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, hey, Mickey. And 99 loft balloons, you know. I'm not trying to say that isn't great music, but it certainly isn't, you know, know, musical youth. That's where we were. Video killed the radio star. (laughs) Right? Well, yeah, but I, I grew up, you know, listening to Jimi Hendrix and Bob Dylan and, and, Led Zeppelin and all of these amazing, uh, you know, the the figureheads of the great music of the sixties and seventies, and he taught me everything about it. All right, Court. So I'm going to ask you then: What do you remember the first tape that you bought, or the first album, or the first music or songs that you that you went out and and got? Yes, I I do, and I don't know that I went out and got them, but I had an older cousin who owned a tape store, which was sort of oh, like... really? Yes, it was one step lower than having a brother who was a music aficionado. <laughs> but every uh, Christmas, they would send us this 
box full of tapes. And I remember one was The Doors on Soft Parade. Yep. And the other was Police, the Synchronicity album. Yep. yep. And I loved that album. I would put it in my Walkman. I can still remember. The synchronicity. Oh, my God. Amazing. I, just everything about it. The whole, I mean, I have these very childlike images associated with the music. Mm-hmm. You know, the Loch Ness Monster. I know that's not at all what it's about, but the, you know, I don't know the name of the song. I just know in my mind I could see the Loch Ness Monster coming mm-hmm. in and out yep. of the water. And just the crazy vibe of just the song synchronicity. At that time in my life, most of the songs I'd been singing were either campfire songs or children's sure, songs. Right. And all of a sudden to be introduced to that right. like shook you and vibrated you in a very different way. Um, I, I, it's funny. I've, I love songs so much. I say songs. I can remember going to a concert. The one that really, really had a profound impact on me was showing up at, on Franklin Field, and it was a U2 concert, had really bad, you can't really have bad seats on Franklin Field, but we got there and actually snuck Where up. Where is Franklin Field? It's at Philadelphia. Okay. It's where Pen Relays is run. Oh, okay. And got it's, it. um, it's, it's an incredible venue, but we get there and snuck up to the front part, I guess, you know, snuck under the lines and found a couple seats that hadn't been taken. And I was and am still completely and utterly mesmerized by Bono and his presence. Mm. It wasn't even about, I mean, individual song. It was about his presence on stage. I just, I, there was a, two feelings. One was awe, and the other was a kinship. Really? It, yes. The one was just- where, where did that come from, you think? I don't know. I just thought, look at this person being so alive on stage. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't say being so himself because I don't know who he is when he's being himself. Right. But it wasn't, he wasn't far away. He didn't feel small. He felt like the biggest thing in this, in this space. He filled up the entire outdoor space. There was nothing else but him. And I know there are other mm. players up there on the stage, but he also, it didn't feel like it was about him. It felt like it was about all of us. And I remember the feeling and I remember realizing that something like that could be possible, that, that, that human beings could stand up in front of a large audience and create that feeling, that feeling that they were the biggest thing, but it was really about everybody else. Does that make sense? That, it does make sense, and it is so wild that you are telling this story because, one, before you started talking about you 2 when I asked you that question, my first tape was Sunday Bloody Sunday, or no, Under a Blood Red Sky, U2, and Sunday Bloody Sunday was, you know, that sort of anthem yeah, that, that we all fell in love with in, in middle school. But, but more interestingly to me, yesterday I was watching this documentary on the Grateful Dead, and I didn't, I didn't really love Grateful Dead music when I was growing up. I, I have a, a lot of my friends love the Grateful Dead. But anyway, I was watching this documentary about their origins, and they said that when they started playing, um, you know, so this is in the early 60s, and they're playing at these venues, and the bassist, Phil Lesh, says exactly what you just said. He said, when we were up there, we were getting information, and not information, it was like, they were feeding off of the vibes 
that they were getting from the people. It was the audience that was telling them by their presence the notes to play. I, I, I'm not being, I'm not explaining this. I understand. The audience was giving energy and they were the, taking the energy and then giving it back. And it was this in the echo form, chamber uh, yeah, in, in the, a good, yeah, positive yes, way. Right. And that is probably, if you know, there are lots of little, I don't know, what's the word? There are a lot of little portal door doors you can walk through into these special spaces in life. And mm -hmm. that is one of them. It's that when you can be with a group of people and you can give them energy, and they can turn around and give you energy right. back. And it goes to this thing about being present. I mean, it goes, you know, look, you and I are sitting here. This, the words are fine, but it's, it's the energy. Sure. I can see when you get excited about something, and the energy then comes back. It's, there's something incredibly intoxicating and exciting and fulfilling and, like, the right vibration about that, which mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the one reason why I think we all wish we could be you know, famous singers because mm -hmm. you would have that opportunity. That and and Phil Lash says uh, this is just great quotation. I'm going to probably mess it up a little bit, but he says, you know, when they were playing in the early days and they're getting all of that energy and they're creating new phrases in their um, in their music, and he said there would have been no other way to do it. The Grateful Dead could not have become the Grateful Dead. There would have been no way, other way. We just had to listen. Mm. And he said he makes this point. And it was that just had to listen. We had to just listen to what was happening. Ugh. Which is, you know, a lot of what we're talking about in these conversations and is, is listening and trying to understand what's happening around us you know so many people were talking there's so much noise but you have to really listen that's what i, I that's what i took out of that and that's why they became and, and and back to your point about the present it was just playing the music that's all it was they weren't they didn't have aspirations to do all of these things that they ended up doing they just wanted to play that was it wow well i um I have always been fascinated by the opportunity that people have to sing. I've always, if it could be one thing, if I could ask for one skill, I agree. it would be to really be able to play an <laughs> instrument and really be able to sing. I mean, right. open your mouth and have people see you, just see your soul because you opened your mouth, right? And um, I have to tell you this story. So I was asked by Mary Kay, which is they sell beauty products right. to come and speak to all of their, their beauty consultants. And I'm getting probably the terminology mixed up, but for this purpose, it doesn't really matter. They're a really neat company. Mm -hmm. they're, they're not really a makeup company and a beauty company. They, it was a woman named Mary Kay Ash, and she had a – basically, was an, I think this is generally the story, but she found herself raising a couple children on her own and mm -hmm. she had to go make it, figure right. out how to make it right. work. And so um, she took all of her guts and just clawed out this new company. And it was wow. all about women empowerment. I mean, but at the really true center of it. I mean, right. she would say things like, God said he'd feed the birds, but he didn't say he'd throw it right in your nest. Like, you're going to have to get mm -hmm. up and work. You know, these mm -hmm. just these wonderful things. So they told me that there were 10 
thousand people who would be coming. And this was going to be in Nashville. And I would be speaking twice to this audience, you know, maybe 4,000 one time and 6,000 people the next time. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people. I've never spoken to an audience that big. It needs a convention center. It is football field after football field of people. So when I started thinking about what I was going to say, this little thought popped in my head of, I'm going to be in Nashville in front of a huge audience. And if I miss the opportunity to sing a song, (laughs) then I have really missed something in life. And then I was thinking, is there... Is there anything better than a country music song about a Mary Kay girl? Oh. Like, here they are. They're like hardworking women. Right. You know, in this in this world that's changing, but they got husbands at home that want to eat supper. You know, mm-hmm. they got a load of laundry on the flo- floor. Right. You know, they, they're like trying to, and if you, two things about Mary Kay. If you do enough sales, you get this red jacket, and it's just okay. a status symbol. Right. The other one is, Eventually, if you have enough sales, you get yourself a car. Your car. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I remember. Okay. I remember that that was, it's like a Cadillac, too. Yeah. Right? It's just, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It, now, of course, lots of other kinds of cars. They're all, oh, they're okay. all amazing. Right. right? It's, it. it's incredible. You really get rewarded. The whole thing is about reward, 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 positive enforcement. Get yourself out there. Everything right. we all need to hear. So anyway, I arrive at the convention center and- I had to come up with an hour's worth of content, so I just thought, you know what? If you ever had to dare yourself to do something, Courtney Page Farrell, you're <laughs> you're doing it. I can't so, imagine first of all, doing that. You know me. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't wear makeup. I mean, I have. <laughs> I have chapstick. Does that count? And not even the cherry kind, because it does not taste you're, like cherry. You're speaking at a at a cosmetics company, and you don't. Oh, it's, it gets even better. Okay. We own a com- we own a family comb. Just let that sink in. A family comb. I don't have s- styling brushes. All right. They, I get there. Uh-huh. I get prepped. They do my hair. They do my makeup. Yeah, right. <laughs> and it's lovely. It's lovely. Of course. Of course. And uh. And I get on stage, and it is, I mean, and I'm wearing a red, glistening glitter jacket, because when else are you going to wear that? Mm-hmm. I get on there. It is a lot of people, and it is awesome. <laughs> and it is exactly what you would hope it would feel like. And I sing, I'll sing part of the song for you. Are you ready? Oh, yes. Okay. I'll I was I, hoping I, this see, would happen. See, I can't remember the last verse, but I'm going to try to get there. Let's see. So I go, and I don't have a good voice, and I don't care. So I said, no, you wrote this song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. I've got a strip mall manicure (laughs) and high heeled shoes in my red jacket. I've got nothing to lose. Oh, you can see me coming from a million miles away. I've got genuine self-confidence. I grow it here fresh every day. Cause I'm a hard working woman in a fast changing world. I believe in myself. I'm a Mary Kay girl. I'm a hard working woman. You can push me around. I've got one foot in the future and the other foot on the ground. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Well, I wake up every morning and I cock my head and say, hello, beautiful, what have you got for me today? I won't eat burnt toast for breakfast. You can't push me aside because I'm goal-oriented and I want me a Mary Kay ride. And then it goes on from there, and there are two other verses. The other one was, uh, well, iPhone 10 is wonderful, and Google Glass is great, but my husband still wants to eat a supper by eight. Opportunity is knocking. It's knocking on my front door. Well, I'm a girl of the future with a load of laundry on the floor. <laughs> and, and by the end, and by the end, uh-huh. it happened for one second. They sang the refrain <laughs> with me. Oh my I God. had the moment. My country music career was alive and well for one week in Nashville, Tennessee. It's happened. There are people who've been on Broadway in some honky-tonk playing for four drunk people and a mule, and I got to play for 10,000 people and sing one song. I have lived, Mason. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I have lived. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> I mean, I've tried to write songs, you know. I've this more lately, but I, I've never written a funny song. Like I don't even know. How oh, to Mason, do that's that. not true. You you write great songs. You've written a couple songs that have put me in the the. I mean, put me over. Well, okay. Wordy's but, birthday. Shinding ding ding It was it was. Uh, now he's 51, a lot of trips around the sun. That's it. That was the other one. But you, and then, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're here's talking what, about. Here's, here's what I love about writing songs is that they just come to you. During, during COVID, I, w- I had a 25-minute drive in my car to go do something. I don't even know what. I hadn't been in my car for a year. I mean, no one had to drive anywhere. I got in my car, and these, this image popped in my head. And it, it, was, it was words, and it was, I fell in love with you the first day that I saw you, and the first day that I saw you was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and it just made me laugh. I was like, oh, oh, that's a song. I fell in love with you the first day that I saw you. And the first day that I saw you was yesterday. <laughs> But it's hard to make some passes when you're wearing a mask and glasses. So I had to let our good love slip Live away. away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that well, I that's so funny. I mean, I well, but you know, that that's sort of like thing about how a song sort of comes to you and I, I've heard that really good songwriters that that's what happens you know it's like they I heard um Sturgill Simpson and John Prine talking and they were talking about how um you know the best songs like come really quickly they, they write them really quickly and and I remember the a song that I wrote in um during COVID I had sent an article on there's a a ship called the Bonhomme Richard, which um it's a a navy ship and I they, they were decommissioning it they were doing something with it and I sent the article to some some of my Marine friends and one of the uh, Marine Corps buddies of mine wrote me back and said I rode that ship to war and I I I thought that was such a 
that line really got me. I was like, I rode that ship. Now I didn't go to war, so I didn't go to combat, so I don't I don't have that experience. But um, but anyway, the the that line, that line really stuck with me. So I I, I came up with this idea. I've always thought about the the old veteran, you know, looking back on his life, and you know, he's had this experience that no one else can understand. And and so I wrote this line. It was in the the first line of the song or the first two lines was long ago I went to war on the ship Bonhomme Richard and I was trying to make that the, the there was a little bit of a stretch with that line the rhyming there but and then the, the song goes on and the title of the song is all these scars to thank oh wow and it was it was this idea like you know this person goes his whole life and he you know his buddies get killed and you know those sort of things that happen but I also was interested in the idea that yes there's a lot of guilt that comes with people who survive the combat because their friends get killed but also I was trying to think of it from a positive perspective like uh, so it was like all these scars to thank all these bombs all these tanks all these scars to thank I love that. It, it makes I love that. I, you said two things. One is having these experiences that nobody can understand. Right. And I, I think that is such a. Uh, we each have certain experiences that no one can understand. Obviously, some of us much more than others. Mm-hmm. But that when you can find someone who can understand that experience, that bond is incredible. And it takes you also back to poetry and music because the only way or one of the only ways to help someone understand an experience they haven't been through is through is through a po- poetry and music. I feel like it's it's one of the ways we oh, can ex- right. of course. express this thing. Also made me think about being a person with many scars or one significant one. Mm-hmm. It, I have a significant, significant scar on my stomach. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that it, it's... Um, it's not, there, I don't know that there's a, it, it has its, I've never seen its likeness on anyone else. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. And I love that line, all these scars to thank, because I, I feel that way about my own scar. It's just interesting. Really? Oh, very much so. Just because it's, it gives me, I feel like it gives me permission to be not perfect. Like, I already mm-hmm. am. I, kept, mm-hmm. I started out this way. It's like having a piece of paper with a smudge. Like, that smudge was there. I mean, I'm starting out with the smudge right there, right? So I just, <laughs> right. and I don't mean that in a, a negative way. I, mm-hmm. I, I love it, but it is just interesting to think about all these scars to thank. Like, these are the things that actually are, are what's building the fabric of our lives. These, right. Like, I mean, that was what I, you know, I was thinking about this. I was imagining, and you're, you're confirming it, but I was imagining, you know, this, war veteran i mean i start off long ago i went to war you know so so he's obviously singing this from the some from point distance. from a distance and he's looking back on his life and and um i i loved writing the song and just thinking about this person whoever it was it, it wasn't my friend who said i wasn't i wasn't trying to write his story i was just imagining this veteran like way down the line looking back and then all these scars to thank it's like these things that happen to us that are super unpleasant um but you know when we get time and distance we see how those 
scars are symbols of what we experienced that then presumably if we have the right philosophy we can understand and use it to better ourselves and live a better life you know which is you know i got an opportunity this week to speak to someone named dr eggers who is a lovely older woman who has survived the holocaust she's now and has mm. been um uh, working in psychology so she helps lots of veterans who come back from she's one of the first people who's coined the phrase ptsd oh interesting but her outlook on life is the most joyful wonderful mm. just appreciative um this idea that we have to her whole thing is we have to choose life we we don't have any choice we have to choose life when you wake up each morning you walk into your room and you say she was so cute because you go like this and say, I kiss you. You're talking to yourself. You must choose life. Look at you. You there's no wow. there's no other person like you. And here you are, and there you are. I'm looking at you, Mary. I just think you're amazing and you must choose life. And this is what she's choose saying to life. all of us. Yeah. Choose life. Yeah. It just goes. What to a great that. line. Ah, oh, I know. I've been saying it Where all Where did week. you see her? Um, we I I have a lovely lady that I work with who just happened to have had an opportunity to meet Dr. Eggers in a book club. And she brought her into our into the work that we do. Oh wow! Yeah, so I haven't even gotten a chance to hear her speak. It was just sort of a a, a call to prep, hearing her her bigger story. But I guess the point is, is that I know she's been through something. She said, "This is what she said." She said, "Only a little glimpse into her past." She said, "When we were in the concentration camp, every day we had no idea if we were going to be taken to a gas chamber or shot, or it, what was the experience of that day." She said, but we had each other. Mm. Every day we woke up, we had each other. And do you know what we have now? We have each other. It was just like to compare these two things. That is so inspiring. It was amazing. It was amazing. She also said this. This is off topic. It doesn't matter. She said, um, she said, none of us are born with hatred inside. And each one of us has a Mother Teresa in us. Mm. And each one of us has a Hitler. Whoa. Just think about that. It's like, what do you choose? Are you going to choose life? Are you going to mm -hmm. choose to stand up and put your arm around the little girl who's struggling with right. the Star Thingle right. Banner? Or are you going to choose to, what are you going to choose? It's just really, it just, she was so amazing and incredible. And, you know, she's not 20 years old anymore. And yet she still has mm -hmm. this, you know, energy that comes out. Yeah. You know, that, I, I, I'm going to really think a lot about that, you know, in the in the weeks ahead, because, you know, one thing, you know, we we gave this conversation life. I mean, the, we've had a million conversations, you and I, but we really started this uh, as a form of uh, as an excuse to have a conversation to surprise and delight each other. And we started it during covid when we were super restricted. You know, so that like we chose to do something, put this podcast together in the midst of a lot of restrictions. And it sounds like um, Dr. Eggers is saying something similar. I mean, obviously, COVID restrictions are nothing compared to yeah, a clearly. concentration camp. But in in theory, you know, when you when you when you lock people down and you take control away from them. 
then they're going to be able to figure out these things, like these philosophies or whatever it is, a way of managing the restrictions that are being placed upon them. And, and a way of opening a window to let life in. I right. Mean, to me, so much of, we're talking about songs right now, but <laughs> the reason why songs are an interesting thing to talk about is because songs make us feel something. I That's feel right. something. I There's nothing more exciting to me than when you go downstairs, you turn on the music, whatever the music is now, you know, someone you know, in our house will start to play something. And then our entire family will start to just dance. Just mm. dance and sing at the top of our lungs and then it overtakes us completely and utterly. And because I, I'm not in college anymore and I don't get to go to a fraternity party on a Saturday night and dance with wild abandon, it has to happen in my kitchen at, you know, <laughs> Which is a better, better place. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> at this particular point in time, I would put a fraternity house up against the cleanliness of my own <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> I think it's a very fair statement goodness gracious well i i i'll tell you um i have one other song i, I do want to share with you because last mother's day i wanted to do something for my mother i mean i'm 47 years old i've written every poem that can be written to her i've done all the you know the the plates that you make at the pottery store like what else can I give my mother on Mother's Day that is exciting anymore mm -hmm. and so I thought you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna write a song about her and I'll I will perform it for her on Marco Polo which is a video app and um my mother is a ray broken off the sun I mean you've gotten mm -hmm. to have so yes you know my mother that's you've a had the great experience. Description. She is. Yes. She has her own gravitational pull. <laughs> if you get near her, you'll find yourself just trying to walk around her, and you won't be able to extract yourself. You know, she's hot to handle. She's got blonde hair, but the soul of a redhead. Um, I've, she's never met a bully that she wouldn't walk right up to. My mother's not going to complain about bullies. She's going to do something about right. them. Right. Yep. I mean, it. It. She is the very essence of the word creativity, and she makes things happen. My mother doesn't mm -hmm. go march. She makes things happen. Mm -hmm. It's not a criticism on anyone who goes to march, but she's done more for women. She's done more for the environment. She's done more for her community because she just gets out there and makes it happen. Makes it happen. If there need to be 700 signatures, she'll get 2,500. <laughs> thank you very much. And then go. I mean, and she's afraid of no one. Mm -hmm. um, we once had a we once had we had a rat in our house. And um, I, I called the exterminator, and my mother came over at the same time. She said, well, where's the rat? And I said, well, he's closed in that room. She goes, let me in there. She took her dog down, and the exterminator goes, well, I'm going to have to go to the car and get my protective gear. My mother said, oh, don't be ridiculous. And she took her dog and put it down. The dog cornered the rat. My mother said, well, put your foot on him to the exterminator. He goes, well, I can't do that. She goes, oh, and she puts her foot on the rat. I, I can't make this up. And then she says to the exterminator, well, go ahead, kill him. And he doesn't do anything, so she, I, she go into the kitchen and get a knife. Get a knife, Courtney. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Rats killed. She tells the exterminator to pick him up. The exterminator again says he's going to have to go get protective gears. My mother leans down, picks up the rat, and throws it away. He came back in. I said, look, it doesn't feel right to pay you. She, <laughs> she, she deserves the money. I mean, this, she, she speeds like a demon. I've never, I've, 
really uh, and truly that she never seen that double that double yellow line in the road. That's a suggestion. Yeah, I knew you were going to say suggestion. It is. It's a light suggestion. It is. It is unbelievable. Um. So, anyway, I wrote this. I wrote this song. About it. Can I sing it for you? Please. Okay. I'll, I will. Try, I won't sing the whole thing, but I'll sing a couple of verses. And when you figure it out, you can jump in and sing the refrain with me. <laughs> and if I mess up the words, forgive me. So it goes. Hold on. Let's see here. <clears throat> You better dip your foot in the foot dip bucket. You better wash and comb your hair. You better sit at the table with the proper manners, Mabel, and eat all the food she put there. You better say yes, ma'am, and look her in the eye when she says to jump. You better say how high. Because she's a Kentucky woman at five foot three, and she's not afraid of you, and she's not afraid of me. Don't mess with mama. You know that's right. Don't mess with mama. She loves a fight. Don't mess, mess with, with mama. mama. You can have no doubt. She brought you in this world and, and she she'll can take, take you out. out. <laughs> well, my mama drives like Mary O Andretti and never heeds a double yellow line. She'll claim that she is kin to a trooper now and then if it gets out of pay and speed and fines. Well, she can take on bullies and she can kill a rat with a kitchen knife and stuff like that. Well, she's a debutante with a dirt green thumb and she don't suffer fools and she never chews gum. I don't mess with mama. You know that's right. Don't mess with mama. That dog will bite. Don't mess with mama. You can have no doubt. She brought you in this world, and she can take you out. Well, my mama makes more calls than Alexander Graham Bell. And all the state officials, they stay, they know her well. And if you don't like her style, well, you can go to hell. Because she's my mama. <laughs> Don't mess with mama. <laughs> the final line is, she may not have brought you in this world, but she, <laughs> she can take, take you out. out. <laughs> there are a few more verses, but that's a general gist. That is so, so great. What was her reaction oh, to that? Oh, she loved it. Oh, I'm sure. She loved it. I left out one line, and she she took issue with only one thing in there, but the rest of it, she, she right. said. She's not five foot three. She's five foot five. But <laughs> I couldn't make the rhyme happen there. <laughs> Height was a suggestion. Height was a suggestion. Well, <laughs> where do we go from here on that one? <laughs> it's Thank, a good end. It's it, a good end. It's right a here. good end. Thanks, Court. You know, I just I love these conversations. They're so much fun. Well, thank you for putting up with my. Um, attempt at singing i would thank you for putting up with my attempt <laughs> and i i think it would be pretty cool if we created a playlist just the Great music idea. that you know you talked about it in the beginning that your brother yep. exposed you to young my first tapes just the 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 songs that really have and hold meaning for us we'll put together a playlist and share it with our listeners and if anyone out there has any songs you all want to share with us that we might include on that playlist, please let us know. That's right. Yes. So e please email us. Um, it is the email address is I got one for you dot podcast at gmail dot com. We are getting a, a fair amount of, of emails from all of you. We love listening. To, I'm sorry. We love reading them. Um, we will try to respond as fast as possible, but please send us your song suggestions and we'll put them in the playlist. If you enjoyed this episode, 
please subscribe. And share with any of your friends you think might enjoy being a part of this conversation. We'd also love to hear your thoughts and stories, so visit us at www.igotoneforya.com or email us directly at igotoneforya.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.